Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Rusty here from the Bitecast. Uh, sorry, but we've been on hiatus for a little while. Uh, but we're back this week with a very special guest. Uh, Drumroll, please. Eric Mugas. Uh, Clyde and I sure were excited to have him on. So excited, in fact, uh, that we kept saying Cobalt instead of Cobal. And we made Clyde almost speechless the entire episode. Uh, sorry to those of you that were hoping for the live from the dining room episode while Clyde was back visiting from Boston, uh, but shit happens and life gets in the way, and I had a flight to Vegas to catch. So it's been a while since our last podcast, and we're sorry, but we're hoping this one makes up for it. So I won't keep you from it any longer, so here he is, uh, the man, the myth, the programmer, Eric Mugas. <laughs> We're on the same microphone. I just didn't want to be left out, you know? <laughs> Well, we don't like to leave our guests out, Eric. Are you ready for this? As yeah. ready as you're going to be? I guess. I suppose. Okay, Clyde, you I'm, ready? I'm yeah, it's been a few weeks, so I want to get back into it. We never got to do the podcast from when I was up there, and you were gone in Vegas. Yeah. Tearing, up, we, tearing it up and eating waffles or pancakes, whatever hey, you were doing. So. Goddamn right it was. Um, yeah, we were... We were busy. Um, we had other factors in play while you were here, and alcohol and different things that maybe kept us from getting the podcast done. And then was it a day after you left, I took off for Vegas for a week. So mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, we never got to do the podcast while you were here. But yeah, but now Eric's here. Next time. I am here. So um, I'm having a Boston lager in honor of Clyde. <laughs> <laughs> I am having the Coors original in honor of nobody. <laughs> Adolf Coors, I guess. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. Uh, so for all the viewers out there, welcome to the Bitecast. Uh, we are here this week with Eric Mugas. Woo! <laughs> it would be better if you could clap on your side too, Clyde. Well, yeah, okay, we didn't plan that. Thank you for Next that. Next time Wonderful we'll bring more people applause. over yeah. for more applause. <laughs> so we can get a laugh track. Yeah, hey, there we go. And an applause we'll track. A laugh track. Yeah, yep. Um, for those of you, uh, I guess basic intros, I know it's been a few weeks. Everybody, I'm Rusty Deline. Uh, I'm here with my co-host, Claude Kane Whitman. Um, and we're here with one of my best friends, Eric Mugas. And Eric, how many years have we known each other? We go back a while. Um, Long ways. High school. Yeah. At, at the very least, what, freshman year. Yeah. I would guess. So it's been a few years. Um, and lived together through college and various parts of our life for, I think, the better part of nine years is what it eventually added up to. Yeah. Sounds, sounds about right. So um, we went to Minot State University together. And uh, I pursued a degree in MIS, Management Information Systems, and you pursued a degree in CS, computer science, correct? Um, with Did you have another major, or did you minor in math? I had a minor in math, uh, yeah, but computer science was kind of... And when, as soon as I started college, I kind of knew that's what I wanted to get into. Uh, you know, I started programming. I mean, Rusty, I go back to uh, even further with our, our uh, um, tech uh, nerdiness, or what you would call it, because... Uh, even in high school, we were in a te- MSU Technology Day, I believe. Uh, yeah, we were, technology we days were, every uh, year. competing against each other when Rusty was a Kenner. I was uh, from Sherwood, so we both did uh, the I website, still uh, website design, which uh, that you should not have won that day. You know, I for <laughs> those of you, which is everybody listening that doesn't know the story. Um, I'm going to tell the correct version, <laughs> is that Eric and I were at Technology Days in high school, 
and we're in a competition to build a website in an hour, right? We had an hour to build, hour and a half, yeah, something yeah. like that. And so we decided to not take it seriously and sit down next to each other and build the exact same web page with the same banners and almost the same colors. We both had MIDI music. It was just <laughs> a different song and different colors. But the structure, layout, everything was identical. Eric, you took first in the competition, and I took third that year. <laughs> I don't know who took second, but he must have copied the two of us. So, um, sorry to interrupt on that story, but um, yeah, we go back a very long ways through our MSU Tech days. Uh, you went to college, you started at, at MSU, um, and I went to, to UMary and then eventually transferred to MSU. <clears throat> and... Like you said, long-time techie, been in the game forever, always showed an interest in programming, even if you didn't realize it quite at the time. Um, I remember back to high school and us always being interested in HTML and web design, which is a form of coding. HTML is a program language. Um, it gets you different results than other programming languages, but the same thing at the same time. Mm -hmm. Correct? Yeah. You would agree with that? Okay. So... You get through that, you take an interest, you go to college, and you decide to study CS. I mean, did you know in college what language you wanted to program in? No, I mean, going into college, you, I mean, you you really don't know anything, even though you might think you do. Um, <laughs> Preach on. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah, like, the majority of programming that I actually did in high school is, yeah, some HTML um, I remember having like, like those TI-89 calculators and writing programs to like do my math homework and stuff like that. But um, and then yeah, <laughs> was there a mob mobster game that you had written for that at one point? Um, yeah, it was I mean, very involved for a calculator. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, there was there was some good ones. Yeah. Um, so yeah, once, I mean, once you get into college, um, at my state they taught. Pretty much everything in C plus plus, which uh, is a pretty big. I mean, foundation language, yeah, would you say? Yep, which yeah, is exactly. way better than what you, Mary, started us out with. Because my first language that they taught us, our intro to programming class that I first took was Visual. It had Visual Basic in mm -hmm. it, which simplest terms of it, it's an easy language. Um, but the program, the first programming, full programming course that I took uh, was Cobalt. Oh, I don't know if you're yeah. programming in Cobalt, but Cobalt's a bitch. <laughs> and the teacher gave us you know, these huge sheets of graph paper, and we had to write this program, and we had to write every character in a separate box, and oh, then yeah. add up every box by the time we were done and come up with that number, and then go to the, to the <laughs> what you call it, the thing you put your program into, to compile it, yep. to, to have it pop up and say, Hi with an okay button <laughs> and i mean that took us a whole semester to get through that and i'm not gonna lie i swore off programming at after that class the rest of my life to this day i, I have crazy mad respect for you and what you can do well yeah i don't do it in cobalt i'll tell you <laughs> uh, but uh yeah um yeah it, it, and at my state you know like i said they taught everything in c plus plus and and now i don't do anything in c plus plus i um where I work now, it's uh, all Java, pretty much. Uh, and uh, the no, there's there's variations of Java, right? I mean, is Java one language, or is like is what JScript? Like, explain the difference to me. From... Like JavaScript, you're talking? Oh, right. I mean, is that just all? Well, JavaScript is a, a programming language. It's Java-like that uh, runs in your browser, so that you can have a rich, um, interactive. Uh, web page you know um it you know assuming the job java actually is compiled into a bytecode and runs on a uh, on a machine you know instead of within a browser um so i guess i <laughs> okay um clyde mm -hmm. now you went to mary to did you have to go through cobalt um or did you take any programming at mary at all yeah there's a couple things on that I was supposed to go through COBOL, but remember, okay, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't that COBOL class part of a few other things with, like, Windows XP and the command line? See, when I took it, 
Visual Basic was part of that class, and Cobalt was the standalone programming course. Okay, I I basically clipped out of it and got got I was allowed to skip it because it was a waste of time. Um, which is funny though because in PeopleSoft we actually run Cobalt programs. Ugh, yuck. I I mean I don't have to write the li- I don't have to write the uh, change any of the code or anything like that. The developers do that, but. My new position, they've come to me and like, we can't get this to work. And, you know, it's one of those things where you look at it instantly and it's like, the cold balls run fine. This is on your end. So, you know, looking back and looking at where I'm at now, I never thought I'd even be supporting cold balls. Cold balls. <laughs> <laughs> I digress. <laughs> cold ball. Sorry. Uh, so, like I said, you know, when I took it, it gave me a very sour taste of programming. And that immediately turned me off to it. I still love HTML, you know, CSS. I, I and I understand it's all fundamentally the exact same. One just comes easier to me than the other. I can sit down and code out an entire web page still, and I just love doing it. And I do it for a couple of my customers. I, I do their web pages for them. Um, but I, I sit down and I try to teach myself different things. I started on Python. Um, I tried Java for a little while and JavaScript, and I just never kept the interest in it to keep going. Yeah, I mean, it can get really deep really fast. I mean, it's easy to, you know, crank a little Hello World application. Um, but to do anything really substantial, I mean, it takes a big commitment and time and uh, um, and just the effort. And the ability to learning. debug and not want to punch the screen? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely that. <laughs> that seems to be my problem when it comes to programming. Yeah. So, um, now, now for your job, you said you primarily do Java programming. Yep, yep. primarily Java. Um, we do, with the web applications, we use uh, GWT for a lot of the, the um, web page stuff, which GWT is kind of an interesting uh, language in itself because it's Java, basically writing Java, and um, it, GWT stands for uh, Google Web Toolkit in case you're wondering on that, but you write Java code, basically the GWT compiler will translate that in, into JavaScript so that um, the web browser can, um, you know, run it. And it's kind of, it, yeah, it's really uh, weird because there's, takes the learning curve out of uh, writing JavaScript because, you, you know, for someone who already knows how to write Java, it's just plain Java and, and you kind of lose the, you know, the... Sometimes you kind of forget that it's that you're actually writing JavaScript when you're writing it, um, and it just all gets translated. So, okay, so here's a question that comes to mind for me, kind of going back to the college thing, and then getting you to your job. I never followed a programming structured learning course in college. In college, when you went through it, was it always like a fundamental course built on top of the last fundamental course of programming, or was each class you took a different language? Um, mostly it was just, you know, uh, fundamental, you know, getting, giving you the fundamentals. Like I said, most most of my classes were all in the same language, all C++. There was different, uh, um, you know, obviously the intro is pretty basic. You, it's all just writing a text out to a command prompt, you know. And then as you get um, into the higher classes, you learn about object-oriented and different programming styles that you can use within the, within the language. And then within that too, I mean, there was a couple different languages you you um, head here and there just to kind of give you a, some exposure to you know other things, and so you're not just stuck in one uh, mindset of one language uh, because a lot of the fundamentals can transfer from language to language, but some are very unique and have their own uh, um, pros and cons, you know. So okay, you you get done with college, you graduate with flying colors, flash forward, you move to Bismarck, you go to work for NISC. And they sit you down, you apply for the job, and they say, this job is for a Java programmer. Okay? At that point, going into that, did they provide you with any sort of on-job training, or did you just go buy a bunch of books and start learning fundamentals of JavaScript? Or Java? You know, I mean, I understand that the premise kind of came naturally to you because the, the foundation of fundamentals are relatively the same as most other languages. But, I mean... When they put out for an ad that they need a programmer, a Java programmer, and you come in entry level straight out of college doing mostly C++, how do you get to where you're at today being 
whatever your official job title is, senior program analyst or something <laughs> of that nature. Uh, well, yeah, it is kind of funny. When I first started, uh, like like you said, I didn't know a job. I, you know, had pretty much all my classes in C++. Any projects I'd done was, you know, in that C, C++ uh, uh, language. And, yeah, first day on the job, I, I come in, and they hand me a Java book, and basically that, that was my first day was reading. Well, at least <laughs> yes. they paid for the book then. Yeah, yeah, they uh, <laughs> gave, gave me the book. I started reading, and then, you know, after that, they kind of get me into the code and show me how things are working. There, there's a lot of, um, you know, anytime you bring a new employee into a, a programming environment, um, even an experienced programmer, you know, it's going to take a little, little time uh, to learn the structure of the code for you know whatever project you're working on and especially when you come in when we're not starting projects from scratch these are existing code bases that have you know continuations that keep yeah. going forever and ever and they just all need alterations or additions so, so you know yeah you obviously need to um you know it's obviously going to take some time to learn that code base and to get familiar enough with it so that you can make changes without you know doing well, sure. major damage <laughs> and i know and i know clyde will agree with me on this is that you know obviously we're not programmers uh but the same basic principle applies for us when we hire somebody new as well um i do the cad administration for the 911 center okay and that is a very in-depth complex system um that officially needs four or five people to maintain it full-time and make all the changes that are constantly being made in the database and server maintenance. And to bring somebody new in to help me out with that takes a lot of them shadowing, a lot of them following, and a lot of me sitting them down and running them through the structure of how the database works, um, how all the tools work, how they integrate, how this piece gets from here to here, out to the mobile car, back, uh, you know, stuff yeah. like that. So I, I guess I do, I understand uh, the basic principle of yeah. bringing somebody in, but and it, you know, any company's got to recognize that 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 is an investment in time that that you as a you know employee there are taking time off from your normal um, duties to actually you know bring bring someone up to speed and train someone in, and uh, yeah, you know, companies got to be aware that that is an expense, but they it's absolutely necessary expense to get new talent into the uh, into their. Um, so what's the know. fastest you've ever recommended that somebody be let go? <laughs> <laughs> I've never really... Uh, um, I mean, you've never had anybody hired, and you sat with them for two weeks, and you're just like, God, they are just not getting it. Like, they are not born to do this. Uh, you know, at, at NIC, where, we, where I work, is um, there is a... Um, a decent amount of uh, you know work that they have to prove that they know the technical skills before you know they they get hired there. So we're not just bringing up anyone who applies for the job. I mean, you obviously got to filter out to get so you the guys best have got preset you know? testing that they have to do along with the interview process. Absolutely, part of the interview process is writing some code and solving some problems and and not necessarily it does you know it doesn't matter if they know Java or not, but you you can from you know. Working through some programming problems, even if you're doing it on a whiteboard, you can get a feeling for how someone um, handles the approaches the problem and and how logically they can, uh, works their work way through their, it. Through, way through it. So, know? Clyde will back me up here. Clyde, do you <laughs> wish that we had that ability after working in a place for a while and they bring in somebody new that, aside from the interview process, that you could have went into that room sat them in front of a server with a pre-built problem that you put in there and went, if you can fix this, we'll hire you. Yeah, but I wish for a lot of things and it doesn't happen. <laughs> I mean, you know the current state that as long as someone has a heartbeat, they'll take them. <laughs> I, yes, I, I, I totally understand that. <laughs> I, I probably shouldn't say it like that, but you know what I mean. I mean, there's no preset way and... There, there's no way of testing that, and, it, and even the people that would sit there and do those questions, they wouldn't be you, I. Maybe they'll be, maybe they'd be Eric at this point in his career, but not you or I, you know, because um, they like to ask the softball HR questions, in my opinion. Or what port does Active Directory use? You know, anyone that can remember how, where they put their keys that morning can remember those questions or the answers to those questions. Right. So, 
this this is going to lead way into several questions about you talking about your job here, but I, I want to stop a little bit and not really sidetrack, but I want to talk about Hour of Code real quick because uh, you kind of introduced me to this. And for those of you listening that don't know what, what Hour of Code is, and, and Clyde, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it or not either, but um, basically code.org and uh, the education board something right the cs computer science education something division whatever they are <laughs> yeah i'll have to look up the official term <laughs> of the company whatever they're proposing that computer science should be a course taught in high school and not so much to develop programmers out of it but to get people interested in thinking out of the box or thinking logically about problems and structure of programming and pique that interest of people with computer science at an earlier age. And what they proposed is that they developed this one-hour training course, a very simple intro for, for littler kids, like K through 8, of here's one-hour intro to computer programming. We're going to put a classic you know, game in front of you, like Angry Birds, and then teach you how to make things work in Angry Birds using programming. And I think this is a great thing. I sat through it and I did the hour. And then I went on and did the, the continuing education, the 15-hour course, which, granted, only took me like an hour and a half to do. <laughs> you know, but I'm not in K through 8. You know, some days I feel like I should be. But um, I think it's a great thing, Eric. And, and you, you proposed it to me. And I know you were talking to Jesse Jordan about it a little bit since he works in the IT department at Mandan Public Schools. Yeah, well, because, yeah, last week was, uh, I don't know if it's officially or unofficially, uh, Computer Science Education Week. And that's when, uh, yeah, Code.org is, it's a, um, I think it's a nonprofit organization that is basically uh, promoting, you know, computer science education. Um, you know, and there, there's a lot of reasons for that. I mean, not only is, um, you know, as our, uh, if you look at the the job market now, and uh, and the type of jobs that are available, they're getting to be more technical. There is so many, um, you know, opportunities uh, related to programming, related to um, IT, anything in the, you know the IT field is just you know growing at a um, you know astronomical rate right now, and the amount of kids going into that field is uh, you know not going to keep up with the demand, um, but. So yeah, they're proposing that um, computer science be a yeah, actual core class in high school curriculum, and you know, I yeah, I, I really don't think that's such a bad idea because not only does it expose kids that maybe wouldn't have even thought about that that is a possible uh, path, but even for someone who's not going into computer science, you know, it's the fundamentals of just problem solving, technical thinking that um, really are beneficial to anyone in any uh, career field, really. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I said, I sat down and I did it, the, my hour of code earlier this week, and it was very interesting. And, I mean, a lot of big names are even behind this and pushing forward. Obviously, big name programmers um, are in the instructional videos. Uh, your Bill Gates, your Mark Zuckerbergs, your uh, Jack somebody, the creator of Twitter. Um, but they've got, like, Michael Strahan and... Yeah, um, non-programmer. Uh, non-programming uh, people, you know, some people NBA players are in there. Um, Ashton Kutcher, Shakira, you know, all promoting this, making yeah. it a big deal. And officially by the front of the site right now, it says that 18,504,999 people have taken the one hour of code course. And that that's an astronomical number. <laughs> I mean, I'm... Yeah, it's really cool. They got it's the word getting, out there, and that's cool. People, and I, you know, I hope schools adapt it, you know. Because, yeah, I really wish that, you know, there would have been something like that when I was in high school. You know, we never had any um, formal computer science training. The only, uh, you know, the only way I get interested in code myself was to, you know, be playing around with it on my own time, you know, outside of school. And uh, I think it would have really been fun to, you know, actually have courses, you know, get... Uh, get some of that knowledge earlier and get uh, you know, you know, get that far ahead of uh, ahead of the bar. You know? Yeah, I, you know, it's hard to look back from from the perspective of you know the the three of us are already you know maybe computer science or MIS you know degrees. Um, so obviously we were interested in, at that young age. 
And I, I tried to think back to like my high school and my grade school and the kids that were in my class. And had I been exposed to that, one, would I know more today because I would have taken an interest at an earlier age. But two, how many other people in my class may be in a different field right now because of it? You know, I feel like obviously I'd be on the same path that I'm on today because I already mm-hmm. took a natural interest in it. But so it was just interesting for me to. I, I sat down and thought about that the other day, and it just kind of struck me as interesting of what if they would have offered it and, you know, how great of a thing I think this could be for mm-hmm. everybody. So everybody go out there and check it out, code.org uh, or Google Hour of Code. You can't miss it. Um, computer science education we just got over. So uh, check it out. Take the Hour of Code Challenge. Yeah, it's, a fun, it's basically like playing a game, you know. You don't – and, it and is. that's the idea is that it, you know, they make it easy and fun that, you know – um, the kids aren't going to lose interest, and then while they're playing this game, they are they can click on things. Oh, you're you're actually writing code. This is this is you know on a fundamental level the same thing that uh, you know a software mm-hmm. engineer or a developer will do. Absolutely. So um, now that we got off track, we're kind of not off track. We're still kind of on track. Um, we, Clyde and I did a podcast about cloud computing and to the cloud motto and i know that you hold kind of the same reservations that we do and so just to make sure that me and clyde are on the same page as you what is your definition of cloud computing well what's the cloud eric what is the cloud um this is a test you know um from a developer perspective you know the way code is written now um for a lot of places is changing um, when, when you think about, especially like writing enterprise um, software, normally, back in the day, you had to have a physical server sitting on on a machine, or you know, phys- sitting on premise usually, and uh, you know, that's your one point of uh, where the code runs, um, you know, and there's, you know, some downsides to that. A servers are very expensive um, to get, you know, the 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 large servers that that uh, were required for some of these applications, and uh, two, it's also one point of failure. If uh, something goes out, something you know goes wrong, you have to replace whatever went wrong before it's up and running again. And um, now a lot of places are going toward you know um, some might call it platform as a service or you know. Um, Things like Google App Engine or OpenShift, where you can write code and deploy it on the cloud, if you will. <laughs> to the cloud! Which, which is, uh, um, which basically is just a cluster of servers. And the, the reason it's so much more possible now is just there's a lot more tools out there. Um, people have developed over the years. They, fi- you know, they figured out, okay, one s- big server isn't the most efficient way to do it. Let's... Let's tie a whole bunch of servers together, have the data replicated, have the uh, um, you know the load uh, distributed evenly, so we're not you know pounding away on a single server. And if one of them goes out, we'll just go to the next one. Um, and so yeah, there's a lot of software um, that's it's a little easier to <laughs> for a programmer to to write to that um, architecture now. Um, you know, just with all the tools that are available. And so when I think of the cloud, I think of, you know, that, you know, cluster of computers that's, you know, got redundancy, it's got built-in failover, um, and it's usually now, you know, not physically on-premise. It's in, you know, you don't really even care what machine your code's running on. It's running on this, you know, Cloud. Clustered environment, <laughs> cloud somewhere servers, else, a server know. farm in California. Yeah, yep. Yeah, okay, so I, I think you're right in line with how we feel. Um, now, personally, I'm a big hands-on guy when it comes to my servers, and I like to keep them within hugging distance. So the cloud, to me, I don't like the idea of somebody else hosting all of my shit way across the nation. I, I, I like it here. I like it on-prem. I like, you know, I'm having a problem with it and something's not running right. I'm either at the mercy of whoever is hosting it to get it back online or I'm at the mercy of myself to get it back online. Uh, now, you, you describe a scenario where these servers are all clustered environment and, you know, shared services and everything. So if one goes down, it just goes to the next one and so on and so forth or shares the workload, which 
you know, where I work, a lot of our stuff is already in that typical arrangement. And then there's a DR site, you know, that's mm-hmm. not in the city and it's, it's way off site. So if one place burns to the ground, we hope the other one doesn't as well. You know, so really, from my perspective, the, the state IT agency is my cloud. Right. <laughs> because it's not on-prem in my physical building, but they're in the same city, and it's the agency that, the, you know, they're hosting everything for us. So technically, yeah. they're my cloud. But. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and a cloud, to me, doesn't necessarily have to mean that it's off-premise or, or hosted by some other company. It, you can own your own cloud, <laughs> if you will. You can Very have true. your own. Uh, Western Digital is now selling my their cloud. My yeah, Cloud yeah, instead exactly. of their My Book, <laughs> which is just a My Book that plugs into the network. And yeah. then you hit it over your wireless in the house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So for all of you that have always wanted your own cloud, go out and buy yourself your own cloud. So now with this, you, you touched a little bit on you know the great advantages that it's giving programmers nowadays and the different tools and resources that are available to you now. I mean, so obviously this is affecting your job in a positive way. Okay. And, or so you seem to think, okay, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, not that I'm trying to, you know, describe a downside to this, right. but I'm just curious um, about how it's affecting your job, if it makes it easier for you to do your job in full, uh, or does it not really matter if the server's in the basement of the building you're working in, or if it's somewhere in Arizona, does it matter to you as long as you have access to it? Yeah, I mean, typically, you know, it doesn't, make too much of a difference you know where the machine actually is when you're doing uh development in your you know especially when you're, you're ra- working on rapid development where you're you know plugging away trying stuff uh typically that you you're running um just locally on your machine um where you know so you can change the code and test it right away again you know so um you're not really too dependent on the location of some other machine running your software um, of course, when you deploy the software to whatever environment you're running to, you're, you may you know run into issues that you'll have to track down um, and debug stuff. And um, yeah, as long as you can you know, access that, you know, get at the log files and, and you're happy wherever it's at. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, don't, okay. I don't need to see it. I don't need the. <laughs> you don't need to see the cloud. No. Oh, okay. Clyde, do you need to see the cloud? Sure. I'll just. Agree. <laughs> <laughs> Hugging distance. That's what it's all about for me. So now we're gonna we're gonna take this one step farther here. And you're working on a very exciting project. Okay. Exciting, sure. It could be exciting. <laughs> I, I, th- I think it's exciting. Um because you're taking your knowledge of coding, uh programming, web design, all this, rolling it into one sweet package out on the cloud. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. And you came up with a little little idea, okay, that you're working on right now. You're trying to build the foundation of called ND Bits. Yeah, and that's just a you know a little personal fun project that I thought um, I'd play around with on my spare time. You know, am I expecting it to blow up to this huge you know popular website? Uh, I no, am. I hope not because I can't afford to. <laughs> up my uh, servers <laughs> <laughs> server usage so uh, um, um, but yeah the basic idea is you know up here in the Midwest you know we don't have a lot of uh, you know the, the tech scene if you will you know is is not quite as it's not like Silicon same. Valley yeah and yeah in any of these you know um, you know metropolis areas like you know I'm um, metropolitan areas uh where they have, you know, just more people, more, uh, um, and it's easier to stir up, you know, you know, get everyone uh, who's interested in tech together, and you know, um, a lot more uh, uh, networking happening. So, so we're talking social media yeah, for the Midwest techie. <laughs> it's basically yeah, just can uh, that be your new tagline? Sure, yeah. So, social networking for the Midwest techie. Yeah, that's, I like oh. it. I like it. Okay. I'll write that down. So, <laughs> it, I mean, what exactly is it you're trying to accomplish? A, a, a general meeting ground yeah, for it's people just a to place, you know, collaborate or um, just to connect? Absolutely. I mean, you, you can connect with uh, people that you'll maybe uh, 
in the same field as you. You know, they might um, help you find uh, your next uh, job if it, you know if, if they're oh their company's hiring. You know, maybe you can. Uh, um, they might share that with uh, you know other people they're working with, or they might have a pet project they want to work on uh, themselves that they may want some collaborator to uh, to help them with. So really, just uh, you know bring bring some people together and uh you know try to try to grow the 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 tech scene if you will in the in the state here fair enough i i'm excited for it i i know the i don't even know if you call it a beta the alpha perhaps <laughs> is online and running um ndbits.com ndbits.com and I, i'm on it not a lot not gonna lie <laughs> Uh, but I get the notifications of when you post something. Um, I, I've written one blog article on there, uh, made a couple comments to the wire, is, is what you're calling the centralized location for everybody to post things. Um, I mean, I foresee good things out of this. You, you know, if it if it could grow and, and be uh, advertised to the, to the masses, you know, um, of a great meeting ground for people to connect in the area... And maybe do collaboration on projects, you know, and say, hey, guys, you know, here, I'm writing this, I'm stuck, or I need an idea for this, or, you know, and somebody else can step in and say, oh, I can write you a piece for that, or I can do this for that, uh, you know, or... Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people love to help each other. They love to um, get It's involved. the Midwest! It's, yeah, you know, and We so, love to help each other. So, yeah, you know, anyone's having some trouble uh, with a particular project and uh, needs some guidance or advice you know that, that's the idea is that you know maybe they can find someone to you know provide that uh, help that they're you know, right. really looking for they're going to go to ND bits that's, that's what they'll go to that's yeah. right Clyde would you go to ND bits why not who wouldn't right that's what I say who wouldn't go to ND bits <laughs> so now you're working on that you got your job and now you do a little tinkering like every other techie here and there dabble in maybe a website or two do you develop any apps uh, i know you're an android guy like i am um and like i said i don't have a programming bone in my body unless it's web design but have you done any app creation um not really i mean i've i've you know made this the basic uh, demo apps that uh that uh google provides with their uh, sdk um uh, so yeah, I really haven't done, done too done too much uh, app development, and and the thing is, like, yeah, with Android, it's, it's very easy to get into. So like, anyone can download the uh, um, SDK and uh, the platform and um, write a program and uh, test it out on their own devices. You know, it, it's it's pretty easy to get into, and um, from what I've seen, you know, uh, Android's the language you write is in Java, so it's it's kind of familiar to most programmers, and and so yeah, it's it is what it is. Like I haven't done. I want you to write me an app, <laughs> Eric. I don't know what it is yet. Yeah, that's the that's the hard part. What what kind of app do you can you come up with right. that'll? Clyde, uh, <laughs> what kind that, of app do you be want? Worthwhile. <laughs> what do you want Eric to make you? Because I'm just uh, pimping him out app now. That make an app that will. Uh, Tie into text messaging in a phone where people will uh, it will correct people's bad grammar. <laughs> hey, that or is st- genius. Or stop them for just saying stupid things that they shouldn't be saying in the first place. Right. Or at the very least, every time it sees bad grammar, it posts it to my Facebook wall and makes fun of them until <laughs> they learn proper grammar. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Right. What did you say? By next week, you could have that up and running. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I'm not that good. <laughs> no. Well. As I understand it, you're a very busy man. Uh, you just got done remodeling the house, correct? Well, the kitchen. The kitchen, yeah. Right, I, which I still have not got an invite to come over and see yet. Well, you're welcome anytime. Oh, sure, standing invite stop, to see how it stop is. Stop over anytime. Um, when, when is Jill due? February 15th. February 15th. When yeah. is your guys' anniversary? The 18th. The 18th, Okay. <laughs> I knew it was close. So, yeah. I don't remember a lot of your wedding, but I remember that it was around there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so I will have a, a new uh, new thing in my life taking up all my time. So Yeah, a little techie on your hands. Yeah, 
Hopefully right? it won't cut in too much of my programming. <laughs> At what age is it appropriate to get them the My First Programming Language book? Oh, I think as soon as they can talk, they can start, start programming. programming. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> my nephew is just turned three. And he comes home from daycare, runs in, opens the door, grabs a snack out of the fridge, right? Grabs the iPad off the counter, goes to the couch, sits down, turns on the iPad, swipes the screen, flips through the pages of apps, finds his video app, goes in, searches for his horse video, and pulls it up, and then will sit there for an hour and watch his horse video. And it freaking amazes me that he's three and can do that, and I go to work, and most people have problems with their mouse. Yeah, it is going to be an interesting... Uh... I mean, to see the, how the, this next generation turns out being raised. They're on, primed that, to be techies. That, it's it's uh, in much, front of them twenty four seven. It's just shoved right in their face. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I didn't have a tablet when I was three. Oh no. You know what I had? I had outdoors <laughs> until I got my first computer, and then I was pretty much inside <laughs> the rest of the time. But so yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, what kind of effect that has on uh, kids as they grow up. You know, because yeah, they're um, just immersed in technology as soon as they're uh they're they can uh grasp it you know it's unreal clyde when was your first interaction with technology like real technology that got you interested in doing what you're doing today Mm, that would probably even still go back to the atari i mean i didn't see foresee myself doing it as i do right now but uh, even shortly after that, we had our first uh, 486. Uh, well, not shortly after that, but early 90s. Good old 486. Uh, yeah, I I messed up and put a password protector, or I password protected the boot sector and then forgot what it was. And it was like a week old at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first computer mom and dad got me, and it had Windows 3.1 on it. And I know I've talked about this before, but... Um, very limited in what it could do. Uh, obviously, it had a simple word processor and a sound recorder, but to buy a microphone for the computer to use the sound recorder was like a hundred and fifty dollar edition. And I don't know what I did to break it, but man, I broke it. And for some reason, I thought the fix wasn't in the software, but it must have been inside the computer. And I ripped every board out of that damn thing. And it took <laughs> me three weeks to get it all put back together. But by God, on my own with no help from anybody, the day I got it to turn on, I damn near peed myself. And that was the real turning point for me when I was like, hey, I, I get it. Like, I just got it at that point and how this all connects and works and whatever. Obviously, the inner workings and details of it came much later in life, you know, through uh, courses and uh, study and uh, my own learning. But So, now, I know we've been sitting here and braiding you with questions about work and your life and your job and programming and everything and so, do you have any questions for us? Or, Clyde, do you have any questions for Eric? Yeah, C++, how did you like that as a first class when you took it? Did you get it right away? Um, yeah, you know, it, there's, with any languages, uh, you know, any learning curve to getting the syntax down, but, um, yeah, I guess I, I didn't mind uh, having that as my the language I learned, you know? Was that in Minot or was that University of Mary? You went to Minot, you said. Yeah, right? that was in Minot. Yep. Yeah. And I, I think um, a lot of universities use uh, C as their uh, language that they teach in, just because it's it's been around for so long. You know, it's very mature. It's not changing rapidly anymore, um, and it has a lot of capabilities and uh, to do with the to do a lot of the, you know, the fundamental building blocks that they kind of, it it works well for that, I would say. Yeah. I just asked, and we won't go into it, but I know, Rusty, you and I have talked about our similar experiences with uh, C++, with where we learned from, and the joys of that language. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said. That was a a nice little answer. I mean... (laughs) Programming, like I said, it's just not for me. Um, you know, I did an online Python course for about three weeks straight, 
and got pretty deep into it. But it just, I mean, I get it. I get the fundamentals. I get how it all gets put together. I think I get highly bored with it, and then I start getting distracted easily. <laughs> because, I don't know, videos of cats on the internet seem a lot more fun than programming to me. <laughs> so, I, don't, I mean, I'm not trying to say anything about, about you, but it takes a different yeah, personality to a be a programmer. Breed, yeah. Um, yeah, totally. I, I really enjoy programming. Like, I can sit at home and spend all night, like, coding the different things and, you know, okay, how do I get... Uh, get my program to do this and I'll play around with that and I'll Google search and figure out how to you know how to do it and it, it, to me you know that's I seriously enjoy doing that and maybe I am See, weird but <laughs> I enjoy like writing maybe simple batch file scripts and stuff at work to automate tasks but I see the short end goal of that and know what I have to get to I think my problem with it has always been I've never had a real need for it um Outside of web design. Um, I've never said to myself, gosh, you know, I could really use a program that used the metric system to tell me the time. <laughs> and, you know, sit down and develop the metric clock, which I think I still have, Eric, somewhere, because you developed that. And, you know, I've never looked down the road and said, you know what, I need a solution to this problem. I'm going to learn programming to fix it. I've never had that scenario where I haven't been able to find somebody else who's already done it. So I think without an end goal in mind, I just can't sit down and just start writing out code and eventually hope it turns into something for me. Simple batch files with maybe 20 lines of code in them, I know what my problem is and what I want fixed, and I will sit and stare at it for days and write and delete and debug until it works because it will save me time and a headache and hassle later on at work, you know. Yeah, I mean, no doubt the the it is hard to come up with something that <laughs> someone hasn't already done before, which is both good especially and bad. Especially in today's day and age, um, you know, especially you with know, the usually, availability of searching in Google and yeah. GitHub or something like that, where yeah, usually you don't need to write your own program to do what you want. You can find right. someone who already has. There was a day <laughs> when all of this wasn't yeah. readily available, and if you wanted it, you had to develop it and make yep. it because you weren't searching for it. Mm-hmm. You know, and now today, like you said, it's so readily available. Yeah, and that's, like I said, it's both good and bad. You, 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 yeah, you have a lot less need to maybe, um, a lot less opportunity to make, create something new and uh, create it. But at the same point, there's so many examples. If you, you know, if you're looking for uh, uh, open source code and that stuff, like there's so many tutorials and um, sample code that you can uh, take a look at and see how the inner things are working, you know, and uh, really grow off of that. And that's where you can, you know, actually get a little creative and um, come up with something new and exciting, you know. Sure. Um, Clyde, you got any more questions for Eric? No, I don't. Eric, do you have questions for us? I mean, you pretty much know everything about me. And the fact that we lived together for nine years and know each other since high school and you still only live, like, four blocks away. I see you <laughs> on a fairly regular basis. So. Yep, yep, that's true. Do you have any questions for Clyde? Um. Unfortunately, I don't do a live Twitter feed while I'm doing this, so other people can't ask me questions to <laughs> ask you, so... Um... <laughs> We'll have to work on that yeah. maybe in about a year when when uh, our popularity takes off. Right? Our millions of listeners are going to be like, oh, I wish they had a live Twitter feed. How many listeners Yeah, you we're going to have to think of name up, uh, name I up for them. I haven't looked in a while. I haven't looked. I, last time I think I looked at the stats, which are kind of misleading. It, you know, I think it said the, the last amount of a- active viewers was like 37, or active mm-hmm. listeners. They see with their earballs. Yeah. Um... You know, but that's misleading because, you know, when this is done, I cut and edit it and upload it and then replay it and listen to it a few times and then send it over to iTunes and, you know, you guys all go out and get it and listen and everything like that. So there's a couple of overlapping numbers in there somewhere, but I I would say we're probably around 30. Okay. So we hope anyways. For all I know, Google could be lying to me and we have no (laughs) listeners, but we're okay with that because we enjoy doing this and we like sharing our experiences and our knowledge with other people. 
Yeah, no, this is uh, really cool. I was excited when you guys uh, started this uh, podcast, and I was, I'm still excited to see where it goes. And Well, I have a feeling like maybe you'll become a more regular guest. Um, you know, we won't focus the spotlight so much on you <laughs> and your amazing programming skills, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, Next Wednesday, it's all about Obamacare. Yeah, be ready for that. <laughs> that will be interesting. Uh, there's lots of technical... Uh... <laughs> yes, there is. I was just kidding. We don't have to talk about Oh, that. I wasn't. <laughs> I, I'd like to hear a podcast on that and the technical... On healthcare.gov? Yeah. <laughs> there's a friend, uh, there's a guy I know, he graduated from the University of Mary and he ended up getting in the healthcare field. He's working up around Devil's Lake and he's, I ran into him about six months ago, eight months ago, and he's doing a lot of that work now, programming. Could give him a call sometime. We could get him on. There you go. He work on the website? <laughs> we hope not. What's that? <laughs> Did he work on the website? Which website? Healthcare.com. Oh, Which website? He says. The, the, the billion dollar website that's just an email notification system? Sure. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. That's like change management. That's just an email notification system. <laughs> that's it's all right. the same. <laughs> so, well, with that, you know, Eric. Uh, we thank you for coming in today and sitting down and talking to us and uh, yeah, well, thanks sharing for your me. stories and experience. Oh, of course. Like I said, we'll we'll have you back on recurring and we'll have uh, some other topics to talk about as well. Maybe not directed so much at programming, but sure. uh, we needed a good programming podcast. You know, um, We got to get Jesse Jordan on the show now. And I know he listens to the podcast. So Jesse, if you're listening, you're going to get continual beratement from me every week until you're on the podcast, much like Eric received. Yeah, I had to wait till for my uh, MMA schedule to cool down before I. Could yeah, yeah. It. How is your MMA fighting well, schedule yeah. doing these days? Are you a world <laughs> we champion? Spar yet? sometime. <laughs> no, it's it's. You guys quite should a spar dumb. sometime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be <laughs> bad for me. <laughs> so okay, uh, with that, thanks again, Eric. Well, thank you guys. Yeah, not a problem. Everybody, uh, thebitecast.wordpress.com. Check out the blog. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll get the podcast up there. Um, obviously, if you're listening to it, it's already up there. Uh, <laughs> but check it out. Uh, we'll put some links on the site uh, for our code, Andy Bits, um, some of the various other things we've talked about. Um, maybe repost some of the cloud topics uh, just because it's a thorn in my side. I like to hit on it a lot. But, uh, yeah, that's all I got. We're out. Peace out, Girl Scouts.